can they engineer a soft landing? Whether they do four hikes, seven hikes, ten hikes, I don't think that's really going to materially slow inflation, unfortunately. It looks like it looks like Bitcoin's winning. <laughs> all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bitcoiners Guide, episode three, where we take you to the top of the Bitcoin rabbit hole. But it's up to you to put in the proof of work hours to really understand what Bitcoin is. I'm your host, Big Sean Harris, with my co-host, Anon. Sean and Anon here with Plan Marcus, the legend himself. Marcus, how's your trade going? Hey, what's up, Sean? Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Trade, always going up, brother. You know, all I look at is my Bitcoin number. It's only going up. That's, that's the way to go. You buy Bitcoin, you stack Bitcoin. Goes up only. Yes, sir. That's, uh, that is the right trade to be in. And uh, that's the trade that I am in as well. Wanted to timestamp this, uh, talking about Bitcoin and that trade, uh, which is stack and stack some more. Uh, it is 7.06 p.m. here in the Canary Islands where I am. Uh, we have a big windstorm today. Uh, don't sell, which sounds like don't sell. Don't sell on Twitter was reminding me of that. Uh, you know, we have some, some windstorms going on, but going on to Bitcoin's price, it is currently 38,700 and some change down about 69% uh, over the last 24 hours, or sorry, 0.69% over the last 24 hours. Uh, so it's well on its way to $1 million and more. Uh, just got to be patient, have some low time preference. And uh, we will see that. So for today's show, uh, wanted to give you guys a little teaser into what you're going to hear. Uh, we will provide the Bitcoiners Guide Tip of the Week, otherwise known as, you know, free lessons handed out by, by a couple of Bitcoiners. Uh, we're also going to talk about current news. Uh, there is a little voting going on about proof of work mining in Europe as well as the El Salvador volcano bond, the Bitcoin bond from El Salvador. Uh, when's that getting issued? Uh, and uh, and what, what can we expect from those things? And of course, Plan Marcus and I, are we're going to talk a little bit about price and uh, how to wrap your mind around uh, what, what the price action is doing. Why are we crab walking? Uh, when things may seem great, they may seem bad. We're going to get into that. We won't do any technical analysis. We promise not to speak over your head, and uh, we're going to have a good show. So getting in the first topic of today, the Bitcoiner's Guide Tip of the Week. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about what is money. Um, I think the reason why I want to talk about what is money is the question that I've had a lot uh, in my life personally, especially when I started to make some money. I wanted to understand more and more about what is money. Uh, you know, it's, I always find it interesting uh, that people work their whole lives uh, for money and we never really try to study what money is, why it's important. Um, there's some people that say it's not important, um, but I can promise, uh, you know, even no matter how peaceful you are, it's true money doesn't buy happiness, but money is important. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about how I think about money and then shoot it over to Marcus as well about what his thoughts are on, on money. Um, I look it's at money. Funny, right? 
What'd you say? Because I said it's funny because I remember coming into like the space as well. And you hear people talk about what is money, and it's like, but wait a minute, like what am I missing? You know, it's like the dollar, the euro. There's different countries. You got different currencies. What do you mean? What is money? You know. So then exactly. you realize, whoa, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, because I think that's the biggest thing is when when I first started learning about money, or when I I just thought money is you know. I'm from the United States. Money is what I, it's the dollar. It's what I spend things on. That's what I use to buy things, you know? And I didn't realize that there's, there's a lot more to it um, than, than just spending money, um, which, which would be a medium of exchange. Um, I think there's three main parts of money that are, are extremely important to understand. The first one is medium of exchange. You know, how do you buy and sell things? Uh, another is unit of account. Uh, what is what are your things, your products, your services? What are they priced in? Uh, are they priced in the in the euro? Are they priced in the dollar? Are they priced in Sats and Bitcoin? Uh, and then store of value, which is extremely important, and that's what we've talked about in the past episodes. There's going to be 21 million Bitcoin mined ever and that's it and so the store of value in bitcoin is one bitcoin always equals one bitcoin because it's one bitcoin over 21 million we don't know how many dollars are in existence how many euros are in, are in existence we'll never know how many will get printed and created out of thin air and so to me what i think when i think about money those are very important topics and money is it's my energy what I what I expend every single day when I work, my life force, uh, I want to save that in something that doesn't lose value and doesn't you know that doesn't get debased. And you know, Marcus, what what are some more of your thoughts on on what money is to you? Yeah, no, I th I, those are the obvious point that you've covered. You know, another thing is like, all right, we have digital money, uh, we have cash, but if you actually know that. I'm, I'm not 100% sure of the figures, but I believe it's like less than 10% of all the money in circulation, probably way less than that, is actually cash. So most of our money already doesn't physically exist, right? When you hear people say, but Bitcoin is digital, I like tangible stuff. Well, your, your money right now is already, it's, it's already digital. So it makes you think about, you know, what's the difference when you hear somebody talking about what is the CBDC, you know, like now the central banks are basically inspired by bitcoin because there was no central bank digital currency before bitcoin so bitcoin changed all that and they're trying to you know play into it by uh, saying well here's here's digital money now we're going to make our money digital but it's, it's already digital right so yeah and and how do they create it you know you like growing up i always figured okay you know i know they can print more of it but you know, you kind of figure there's this really responsible guy at the central bank that's looking at inflation, you know, and <laughs> yeah. when the economy is tight, he'll print a little bit more, but he's yeah. very wary not to print too much. Yeah, but then uh, going down the rabbit hole, you realize that they're, uh, they're kind of addicted to this money printing. And, uh, you know, it's actually a tax on, on, on your savings because they can tax you by saying, all right, we're going to raise tax over your houses or we're going to do income tax or we're going to tax your car or whatever they want to tax to raise more income for the government. But the easiest way to tax you is just print more money. Those are some of the thoughts. I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. And, you know, when you're thinking about money being being digital, 
um yeah it's, it's like we already are at that stage where basically you know that most people most millennials and you know and gen you know gen zers don't even carry cash on them anymore and so uh you know and then you want to figure out has money always been something from the government uh you know when did governments kind of get the monopoly on money why do they have that monopoly on money uh will they have that monopoly on money forever and um you know obviously bitcoiners think that uh the separation of money and state is a good thing uh not having anyone who can centrally control your money uh and you become your own bitcoin guy and you uh you become financially self-reliant i think that is the most important thing about about money and, and something about bitcoin that that makes you know that makes living life uh easier and it makes it makes your work have more value because you can save your money you can save your energy and your workforce in something that won't fail you but but sean question i remember thinking this here are some really bright uh, students or something. They created this Bitcoin thing. I know it was Satoshi Nakamoto. It wasn't students, but I remember reading the first article. It was from, uh, uh, it was like this student at a technical university who wrote this little article in a newspaper. So I figured, okay, here are these students playing with like digital money and they've created a coin, a token. And now they're saying it's going to be money for the world. You know, it's, it's not like, Sure, anybody can create a token and uh, say this is going to be money. Like, why can something become money? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a great question. Why, why Bitcoin, and why not? You know, why not laptops or shoes? Right? Like that's what we talked about last week with RD. Uh, you know, that just goes back to the whole properties of money. What makes something attractive? to the users of money uh, and the users just being you and me, right? Regular people, we want to either save our energy and our money. We wanna be able to spend our money easily. We wanna receive payments easily. We want to have things priced in, in a comprehensible way that we understand you know, what it is. So I think those, those are the things that we're talking about. Like, why would someone pick Bitcoin over some some other form of money, like gold or like cattle or glass beads, which all have been money in the past? And it goes back to, uh, you know, having having properties of money where it's scarce, twenty one million Bitcoin, it's divisible, uh, it's durable. Um, all of those properties of money that that we've talked about before, and I guess I guess you also um, need the, need to rely on it that the somebody else will recognize it as money as well. Yes, so I guess that's the re that's part of the recognizability. But I think recognizability is also that you can easily see that it's real money. So in the case of gold, you have to, it's recognizable, you know, gold as a metal is always really easy to see. This is gold. Uh, it's very scarce. People can't just reproduce it or create fake gold because that's often very easy to see or, um, so those are all the properties, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, uh, I remember, I remember I watched a, a Ross Stevens, uh, interview, it was a few months back 
And he basically just said that, you know, that biologically people gravitate towards the soundest money out there. It's something that's innate inside of us that we may not even recognize that we're moving towards as a society and one by one we're moving towards the soundest money that is available. Uh, but we do it because it benefits everyone. The incentives of the soundest money make it so that people will gravitate towards it. And so when you have a money like a fiat currency, like the dollar or the euro, um, where you can't really save your life work, you can't, you get, you get debased because of inflation, uh, then you gravitate away from that. And we've seen that already, right? People, they don't say, most rich people save their money in, in real estate or stocks or bonds or whatever the new thing is, right? Most people don't. Scarce, most scarce, people, and, scarce and desirable stuff. Yeah, you know, Michael Sarah say, you know, a house in Miami Beach or, you know, a Picasso painting, right? It's like anything that's scarce, that's where people are saving their money. And so we can already see that people are already leaving fiat money. They're already gravitating away from it and they're moving into more scarce things. The problem is, is you know, with, with those things, you still have third parties um, that control and have centralized power over them and that you have to trust other people uh, to not either debase, make more of what you own that you thought was once scarce because they are now incentivized to make more of it. And you have to trust that they won't steal it from you. And that's the difference with Bitcoin is with Bitcoin, uh, it can't be stolen from you. You own your own keys and uh, it can't be debased. One over 21 million and that's forever. So kind of going on, you know, how do you think Bitcoin is going to, uh, to change the future? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. I think, uh, I mean, Bitcoin has already changed the future, right? I mean, we can, we can look at how Bitcoin has already changed the, the, the course. I mean, the fact that we're now having a, a president signing an executive order about, around the future of, our monetary system and digital payments. Um, we have in Europe a vote that we're going to talk about later, as you mentioned uh, in the intro. Um, we've got this growing um, awareness of what is money and how our money is being manipulated, something that most people have basically been sleeping on, you know, like just not awake to uh, for, for a long time. So there's this awakening that's going on and there's this outlook of a fairer future, you know, because we all know that money is used for good and for evil. And especially when you look at governments and wars and politics, you know, like money can be used for good and evil. But when when it's when it's controlled by by major powers, you know, we well, history shows that it's not always used for good, you know. Yeah. Now by giving yeah. the money, yeah. Um, Yes, and, I was just going to say when you banks. oh go ahead yeah go ahead go ahead no go ahead oh, I was going to say yeah continue. you know with Bitcoin it just takes away the money printer and I think that's the difference right is money will kind of always be it it'll be like the sun all it shines on the good and the evil you know the rain rains on the good and the evil money is going to be used by the good and the evil and the difference with Bitcoin is that the evil or 
or the ones who you know are only self-interested won't have access to print more money once they have money with bitcoin that's that's the proof of work it always requires more work to to get more bitcoin there there's no money printer where you can just print money out of thin air and and honestly i think this leads perfectly into into that our first article uh our first piece of news if you wanted to uh into... i just want to riff a, a little yeah. bit more on that yeah. how is bitcoin going to change the future sean because yes you know like in bitcoin twitter you know everybody's been talking about this for a long time and obviously um uh peer-to-peer -peer payments without uh, a bank in between right you can just send it 24 7 instantly across the globe i mean that's insane already. We we kind of are already so used to it now, but that's that's been a big change. And actually, it's caused the banks to improve their payment speeds as well. Since Bitcoin has come out, they've done their best, yeah. to, you know, to try and catch up. So that's that's something that's changed. It's banking the unbanked, right? People who never before had uh, were able to get a bank because of the country they grew up in or or were born into can now actually get access to finance as long as they have an internet connection. Um, we look at the remittances, it's changing, right? People in the state sending money back to El Salvador, for instance, over strike. They don't have to go through parties like, um, uh, what's, uh, what's their name again? Uh, Western uh, Union. Like Western Union, yeah. exactly. That, you know, that take like huge cuts. If you're sending like a small $100, you know, like the fixed fee is already something like 15 or $20. So that's like insane that you get to, you know, save that money and actually get all that value across back to El Salvador where your family can spend it uh, the way they, they like to. But if you actually go a little bit further, and that's something that's really been blowing my mind lately, is how Bitcoin is changing the whole, not only the financial side of things, but like the whole energy market seems to be impacted now by the incentives that that proof of work is causing you know the fact that now you know where before um if you wanted to say uh, set up like a renewable wind park or you know you have to find funding for a hydro dam these are big investments you know and a lot of times they produce energy at times when the energy demand is not there so um yeah, how are you gonna how are you gonna find the finance? You know, it's heavily subsidized by countries, but now you have Bitcoin. The miners are happy with all that wasted, you know, or extra uh, produced energy because now you can just flip that directly into Bitcoin into money. So it's actually now funding your your project. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, and you, just, yeah. you see how Bitcoin <laughs> can stabilize the grid unlike right. anything in the past and it really is a game changer for you know for energy that that many people you know are just misinformed on i think a lot of people think that bitcoin wastes energy and it's it's actually the reverse that bitcoin uses wasted or stranded energy most of the time and and it bitcoin miners are incentivized to use as much renewable wasted stranded energy as possible because if they do, the energy costs are cheaper. And, and that is the whole point, is to be able to mine more Bitcoin using less energy. And the more energy that's used, uh, it can be used to stabilize grids in, in whatever city that, that they may pertain to. Yeah, 
and and maybe you know interesting rabbit hole is also to dive into the to the petrodollar system i don't think we should go all the way in there today but basically you know the us has said to the saudis you know like as long as you sell all your oil in us dollars then we'll provide protection for your family and you'll always have power in uh, in saudi arabia and your kingdom will always be on top and that's very smart by the us because you know by saying that all the all oil has to be sold in dollars means there's always going to be a demand for oil and thus there's always going to be a demand for us dollars you know giving it like this yeah like this floor price level you know but if that falls away yeah what happens to the us dollar you know can because the dollar itself isn't backed by gold anymore it's literally just pieces of papers and zeros and ones on a computer yeah i think that's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what happens like what we've seen with russia being taken off swift payment system and basically being you know being exiled from the dollar uh you know, they still sell their their coal, their natural gas, and their oil to different countries, and they can't do it in the dollar anymore. And so it'll be really interesting to see what happens because a lot of those dollars or euro dollars uh, will will not have as much demand. And so what happens when all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's a lot of countries outside the United States uh, that aren't using the dollar then and there's a loss in demand for the dollar uh where does that money go to right and so uh, it'll and be not to, not to not to mention that basically oil is free for the united states because they get to print the dollars and yes. <laughs> buy oil with it right so the minute that it's priced not any longer in dollars but it's priced in in gold or in bitcoin they're actually gonna have to come up with the the money to pay for that or or uh, they're going to have to start uh, using their own oil, <laughs> one, one or the other. <laughs> right. Or just steal it from uh, the Saudis. Yeah. So kind of going on to speaking about proof of work and, and you know, what that means uh, for Bitcoin, you know, out in Europe where, uh, where you're, you are, and I kind of am in the Canary Islands, uh, you know, there's been a little voting on on the proof of work mining ban in the EU. Do you want to dive a little deeper into that? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the the latest news is actually that they voted against the bill, so it was voted out. Luckily for Europe, I mean, I think President Pish just tweeted out this one time Europe did not shoot itself in the foot this time. Yeah. So I guess that's a that's a plus and a win for uh, for the people and and especially the miners uh, in Europe. So yeah, proof of work. You know, do we need to get into what is proof of work? I think or, uh, I think just more than anything. Uh, yeah, well, I don't want to get into it a little bit, and we can we can talk <laughs> about it. We, I mean, we don't need to explain every little thing, but maybe just a high level view of what proof of work is. Yeah, so so basically, the news is that um, the the European Union uh, they uh, they were they, they um, how do you say that they send in a bill, a proposed bill, to with a proposal to ban proof of work mining in the EU, and they were citing uh, mainly the the energy use of Bitcoin, you know, to to run the miners, the, the basically the guessing game. Um, 
that it uses too much energy and it's um, it's it's bad for the environment. So we need to um, we need to ban proof of work mining. And I believe it was even going further than mining because mining wouldn't be allowed. But also the exchanges and the service providers were then also not allowed to. Um, and that was a proposal that they were then not allowed to provide any services. So basically, if you have an exchange in Europe, you wouldn't be allowed to offer Bitcoin on that exchange. So it was actually a pretty, pretty major uh, 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 bill, but it already turned out before the weekend that apparently like they changed the language, you know, what happens is they'll, they'll write a bill. Uh, they'll send it out. It'll be in draft. People get to comment on it. It'll, it'll leak to public, you know, give the public also a chance to react. Now we see Bitcoin Twitter is always on top of these things. Yes. You gotta love it. You know, the meme, uh, the memers all over, they, they get into action, whether it's uh, true tweets or trolling, but they, they're, they're a voice that cannot be uh, ignored. <laughs> I yeah. mean, just look at any tweet. And um, yeah, the language changed. And I guess uh, people maybe did see a little bit because, you know, I honestly, I believe it's, it's just um, too soon for most politicians. You know, it is complicated, obviously. But if you look at the incentives of even what we just talked about, you know, the whole energy and energy usage story around proof of work and Bitcoin is the most misunderstood. And it's actually com the complete opposite of what they're saying, right? I mean, first of all, Bitcoin mining is 100% electric. So it's as green as a Tesla in that sense. You know, it, uh, we use electricity and the electricity is as green as, you know, how it's produced. Yeah. So if you do nuclear or coal or wind or hydro or whatever, you know, it, that, that's actually whether it's, um, and is it then wasted energy that it's using? Bitcoin mining, you know, prefers the cheapest energy. And that's usually the, the, the energy that's wasted anyway. You know, there's most, there's so many nuclear power plants or other power plants that, you know, cannot be shut down or producing overcapacity. And, you know, when the, when the grid is not asking for that electricity, there's a lot of electricity just being wasted. You know, it's just being thrown away, basically. And Bitcoin goes in there and actually, you know, buys that energy. Yeah. That, I'm, so, yeah I'm, what, I'm, what were your thoughts on the, on the ban in, uh, in the EU? My, my thoughts were that with, with this vote that was going on, first of all, it just shows how early that we are still in Bitcoin. And I think that's like the number one thing that I always try to tell people is we Bitcoin is extremely early just because the price is at, you know, whatever, $38,000 and you, you saw it a couple of years ago when it was at $3,000, that doesn't mean that you've missed the boat. I think most people still don't know what Bitcoin is. They don't know how to wrap their minds around what Bitcoin is. And uh, I look at it like this vote, it, you know, if you were, if you're the EU and you're going to, if they would have banned proof of work, Bitcoin mining or proof of work mining in the EU, I think that's akin to relying on another nation or relying on Russia for your gas, your oil, your coal. Um, just because you don't produce it doesn't mean that you won't use it. And I think that's like the, that's the biggest thing to understand with Bitcoin is that you can't ban Bitcoin. You can only ban yourself 
from Bitcoin. It's an opt-in network. And, and so as you look at what happened with Bitcoin, um, I think it was a smart move by the EU uh, by not banning. I don't even know if they realized how smart of a move it was. Uh, but if if they really wanted, if you really cared about the environment, you know, that's if, if it's that was they were that concerned about the environment. What I would say would, would be to try to use, OK, for Bitcoin or proof of work mining, you can only use renewable energy or stranded energy. You know, it has to be 100 percent green energy. I, I don't know if that's what they really wanted to do. Um, but just to ban Bitcoin proof of work mining. Uh, it seems very uh, kind of archaic to me, old thinking. Yeah, and it sounds and it and it sounds something that that it, that could possibly be doable, right? But if you think about like the the, the technicalities of mining Bitcoin or, or banning Bitcoin, I mean, it's, it's practically like impossible to to um, to uh, to enforce. You know, I mean, yeah, that's basically you have to shut down as long as there's internet. You're gonna have people mining Bitcoin. You know, it's like uh, here in Holland, a lot of people like to grow uh, certain plants in their in their attic or in their basement. You know, it's illegal as well, but, it, you know, you have, you're, you're going to be spending enormous resources trying to fight it. Okay, that's not a reason not to ban it, but, you know, it is something that you have to realize. You're, by banning it doesn't mean that you can actually ban it. And another thing, I think, which is a really good article, and I think everybody who is new in the space should definitely give uh, at their D, their Gigi a follow yeah. that is at D E R G I G I, and he's wrote an article and he shared it a lot of times in these past few days. So if you just go to his profile, I was thinking about that um, article. Yeah, that article is is crazy. It it talks about you know why banning Bitcoin is actually just the same as saying you're not allowed to guess a number or produce mm -hmm. random numbers because that's literally what what bitcoin mining is you know we're just guessing numbers so what and proof of work is is literally you can do it on paper and pencil <laughs> if anything so is that not allowed either so you know if you take that to court and really you know like uh, dish it out there's no way you can you know what are you banning exactly you know just in the definitions alone um, good luck with it you know so it's um i think it has yeah it's yeah. interesting luckily they voted it out <laughs> yeah it makes it, it yeah it's just really hard to ban bitcoin mining it, it's like you know they tried to ban alcohol in prohibition that was physical they've tried to ban illegal drugs in the united states and there's still illegal drugs going around so much so that you know that joe biden's passing out uh crack pipes in the hood because because it's like, okay, even though crack is illegal, we're still going to hand out crack pipes as the government. It's like, okay, so what can you really ban, you know? And if Bitcoin is digital, that makes it even harder to ban it because it's not something that you can, that you can just see. And I, I, I like uh, Brandon, Brandon Kidum, Quidum's take. Uh, he wrote about Bitcoin mining too. And uh, his thing was Bitcoin mining is everything you don't understand about Bitcoin added with everything you don't understand about energy and it takes it takes some time to wrap your mind around you know what is what is proof of work versus proof of stake uh and proof of stake is fiat it's what we currently have with the u.s dollar and the central bank um and and you know what's the hash rate what are all these all these technical terms 
Um, and so I think those those are really good good points to think about. Uh, that Bitcoin mining, the more you understand about what is energy, what is money, why is money energy, uh, it just shows how all of these things are related. And it brings it brings Bitcoin mining is beautiful because it brings it Bitcoin is digital, but it brings phys, the phys, it connects it to the real world. It connects Bitcoin to the real world through energy. And I think that is what makes Bitcoin that is, beautiful too. Imagine, you know, Satoshi had this idea and he came up with the thing like, okay, Bitcoin didn't have a price yet, right? Mm -hmm. So what actually made Bitcoin valuable? If you wanted to get Bitcoin, like in the early, early days, the only way to get Bitcoin was to mine it, right? You have to put in some work. You actually have to support the network. You have to run a computer. You have to take part in, in guessing these numbers, validating transactions, you know, and, and if you did that and your computer put in the work because you have to, there's no way to get that Bitcoin unless you just guess the right numbers. So you have to like guess a lot of numbers, right? So your computer has to just be running and guessing a lot of numbers. So you're expending time, electricity, and effort to get that Bitcoin. So you know that anybody who has Bitcoin actually put a lot of work into getting that Bitcoin. There's no other way of getting it. Okay, obviously once somebody has mined the Bitcoin, he can sell it to you. But the fact that that person put in work to get that Bitcoin means it de facto has a certain value to that person. You know, yeah. actually put, you cannot just create it out of nothing. It's not like worthless because they really put in the work. So yep, there yeah, will always be, I love the term, the, the term proof of work is just really good. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be some value. Um, I, going on to the next topic I thought was really interesting uh that run out of time here sean i'm uh you gotta cut me off <laughs> yeah, yeah no we have all the time that we want so um but i think we covered that pretty well uh so going on to the next article of news uh before we get into price um coming from a guy named martin young which we all know about el salvador it's called el salvador bets big on bitcoin bond launch this week uh, just a little excerpt from the article. Uh, it says the 10-year volcano Bitcoin bond is a vital part of El Salvador's economic revival experiment in which it hopes to raise $1 billion, uh, kind of like Dr. Evil, but in a better way. The income from the bonds is to be split into buying more of the asset, which is Bitcoin, and funding a Bitcoin city near Conchagua volcano in in uh, the country's southeast region so I, I really like this what's going on with bitcoin with the volcano bond in el salvador this is the first uh sovereign or country bond that we've seen uh where they've said we we want to borrow money to buy bitcoin so it's going to be a billion dollar bond uh that's what they're hoping for and they're going to take half the money and buy Bitcoin, and the other half of the billion dollars will be to uh, create Bitcoin City uh, in El Salvador uh, for the infrastructure, which in turn yeah, will will actually, bring more mining. Uh, will they will be able to mine more Bitcoin and uh, and have you know it'll just be able to build off of itself. I really like this bond. Uh, 
just for the fact that currently there's about $20 trillion in negative yielding bonds today, which means that if you are buying one of those bonds, you are, you know, like when you hold your money in the bank, you, in a regular checking account, you pay nothing. In a savings account, you may get 0.04% back uh, annually. If you are in a negative yielding bond, that means that you give your money to someone, you lend your money to either a country or to a company, and you are paying them to hold your money. So I really like this bond because uh, there's a, a pretty decent interest rate. Uh, I think it's around six to eight percent. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, and I, I didn't I didn't see it in, in this article. Um, but it's it's a decent interest rate, especially with the majority of bonds um, sitting, you know, at two one to two percent, and some are, are negative yielding bonds. So I really think that this has a good chance of being successful. This is the first Bitcoin bond uh, that's been structured this way. Uh, and it'll be it'll be really cool to see if this bond gets oversubscribed or overbought, which would be awesome for El Salvador as well as for Bitcoin. I think there's a lot riding on this, and I think there's a lot of people in the background that are that are you know doing a lot to make sure that everything works out well with this bond, uh, and to make sure that it does get not only does it just get bought by you know a billion dollars, but that it gets oversubscribed and I think there's a lot of people that have, you know, it's like, okay, why not take a little bet on Bitcoin and, uh, and see the return of, you know, seven or 8% on a bond when you're normally seeing one or 2%. So I think that's, that's the incentives. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing that we're here already. I mean, it, it came out last year that, um, you know, that El Salvador was going to make it legal tender in the country. And now they're actually issuing, you know, sovereign bonds backed by, by Bitcoin, something we thought, you know, was probably not going to happen until like, what, 2026 or 2028, that nation state adoption would occur, but we're already here and it's going so fast. And not to mention the the, the bonds, you know, besides the six or six and a half percent interest, I believe it was that they're covering you're also taking part in some of the upside of Bitcoin's price. So if the Bitcoin's price goes up in the next, uh, what is it, five or six years or whatever the term of the bond is, yeah, um, you're, you're going to benefit from that upside as well. And I believe that, um, you know, you said they're going to use the money to build the Bitcoin city, but, you know, I think a big part of that investment, they're planning to actually build the, the mining uh, capacity. So besides buying uh, Bitcoin, uh, El Salvador is also going to invest in the mining infrastructure so that they're going to be mining and, you know, accumulating even more Bitcoin uh, as a sovereign state. So it's, uh, it's amazing. It's a great, yeah, it, uh, it's very, very exciting <laughs> development. Yeah, and, it just you know, goes it's back not just, to love. It's not just also, it's, it, it opens up the market, not only to like individuals, but, you know, there's a lot of major uh, funds out there whether it's sovereign funds or mm -hmm. you know funds with with certain mandates that dictate what they can and cannot invest in you know and they probably cannot buy bitcoin outright but they're allowed to buy bonds you know and so that opens up you know uh, we're, we're we're penetrating like these these huge bags of trillions of dollars of yeah. of money that can now actually have, find their way into bitcoin that's uh, very exciting yeah, it's just, I would look at it, you know, if you do have, say you have 
a few a few million or hundred million million dollars in a negative yielding bond, why not hedge yourself on this side in a Bitcoin bond uh, that's yielding seventy percent? And as Bitcoin continues to go up in price, uh, then you even get a bigger return back because as Bitcoin goes up in price, um, the the bond is structured in a way where you actually get a higher return the higher the Bitcoin goes up. Um, so it just goes back to what what I always think about is super important is financial self uh, reliance is making sure that you know you as a person it's super important that you can rely on yourself for your finances and it just goes back to who is your Bitcoin guy you are your Bitcoin guy uh, there there shouldn't be someone else. Um, in today's day and age, it's like no longer are the days where you can just trust someone else to handle your money. Um, because normally they're diversifying into a pile of garbage uh, and then they're taking a fee from you on top of that. And so it's really, it's really cool to see a country like El Salvador that was so reliant on the dollar and reliant upon the IMF uh, to for their financial you know, reliance, they relied upon, uh, you know, another country, and they relied upon the International Monetary Fund, just to make sure that they had enough money. And so with this Bitcoin bond, uh, they can rely on themselves, they can use Bitcoin, uh, and they can get out of all those, all of those loans that they owe to the IMF, which are kind of like loan shark loans to struggling countries like El Salvador, and they can be reliant upon themselves. I think this is this is like the biggest part of this story is that if a country can pull itself, you know, out of out of poverty in such a manner like this, then it shows goes to show that individuals as well can change. You can change your life, and it's not easy. It's it takes time. You have to study. Uh, you need to study what money is, uh, but it's definitely possible to make these changes. Uh, to go from a high time preference uh, way of living where you're consuming everything, not thinking about the future to a low time preference where you are thinking about the future. You're thinking about uh, the next generations, uh, who your money may go to uh, and and what you can do throughout your life. Uh, and so I think that's that's the biggest upside to me of seeing what Bitcoin can do is it can literally change a country. It can literally change your life and not in, in like a lottery type of way where you're just betting on it, but in a calculated, uh, a calculated manner, a sophisticated manner where you can think about what is money. You can understand that fiat is an error uh, because there's, there can always be more printed. Um, it will always be debased. That we can be sure of. Uh, and will Bitcoin go up or will it go down in the short term? We're not sure. Over the long term, uh, it's definitely poised to go up. Uh, so thinking about Bitcoin price, um, what are your thoughts currently on on uh, what Bitcoin's doing uh, right now? We, we're sitting at 38,000. Uh, as, as Pedro, aka Retweet, he always says that uh, Bitcoin will go through price discovery in the most painful way possible. Uh, what What are your thoughts on on uh, on some of these short term movements in in Bitcoin? 
Yeah, it's 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 been quite steady. You know, it's been been a bit boring in the past couple of weeks, right? I mean, I feel like we've just been like stuck here at like this, just like this forty k level, you know, like thirty nine, thirty eight, forty. But um, yeah, it's it's all short term, you know. So I yeah, you promised us, uh, you promised our listeners no TA. You know, I love to look, stare at the graph. And, yeah. Every time I open it up, you know, you just open up that graph, you go to tradingview.com, you look for the BTC price, you know, you zoom out, you put it like on the weekly or the monthly, and you put it on log scale, meaning, you know, that every step of the ladder is like a 10x, and you just see this linear line. It's so obvious, right? It's just like, it's just linear growth on a log scale chart means constant exponential growth since 2011, since it started. Yeah, when it had its first price, all the way up to now, it's just constant exponential growth. And you can not only look at the price, you can look at the hash rate. It's the same thing. It's it's just exponential growth over time. We're just watching this new phenomenon, you know, just adopting <laughs> exponentially. And when you look at the numbers, it's like maybe 10 or 20% of people own some Bitcoin, you know? If you ask those people how much Bitcoin do you own, like a lot of people will have like a hundred bucks. So even the people that have it have not like fully adopted it yet. It's this thing is phenomenal. It's been an exponential bull market yeah. <laughs> for over 10 years. And it's showing no sign of slowing down, you know, and it seems way too good to be true. Uh, it does. <laughs> it really does. But you know, that's what I thought in 2017. It's, it's, it's just continued exponential growth, steady. It hasn't showed any sign of weakness. Sure, people will say, but it fell from 20,000 to like 3,000. Yeah, but just look at the linear line. You can pass through it, you know? Those are all like three years is short term in Bitcoin. You know, like this technology is going to be around for like way more than 100 years, probably like the next 500 years. Who knows, right? We're yeah. talking way beyond our lifetimes. So 10 years is nothing. Uh, we're at the very early stages. This thing is going to grow for the next decade or two. And, yeah, uh, I think... I'm uh, here for it. I'm here I, for it. Man. Yeah, me too. I think uh, Vikingo tweeted out that he, he said, I'm getting some serious 8, 9K vibes. And... Uh, and I think I, yeah. I'd agree. And, and he's not saying it's going to go down to eight or nine K. He's talking about, you know, a couple of years back when Bitcoin was sitting around eight or nine K, there was a lot of accumulation in that phase, a lot of Bitcoin switching uh, weak hands, strong hands. And, and, and that's what it's all about, right? Is right now for, we're sitting around this 40 K zone and we have no idea when the next, it's just going to shoot up. And, yep. and it might go down, like Bitcoin goes up, it goes down and no one knows exactly when or why. Um, you know what, it, the beauty of it, Bitcoin is constantly redistributing itself, you know, yes. like the early hodlers, they're in big profits when the, when the price goes up, you know, and when she starts falling, a lot of those buyers will start getting nervous. Oh my God, it might fall 50% again. So they start selling and new buyers are accumulating it at that point, you know? Yeah. And traders will be trading until they get, you know, to trade it out, you know, and, and then they're stuck and everybody's reaccumulating at this level. And yeah. when there's still a lot of people in profits, there's going to be always some sell pressure, but there's constant flow of new interested people who are buying up that Bitcoin from the weak hands. It's redistributing 
taking out the profits, evening it out, and then, you know, we're not making more Bitcoin. You know, it's uh, the halving is going to come up as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like I always say, don't trade the corn. Don't short the corn. Don't sell the corn. Don't try to be smart. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's, I mean, even Willy Woo, who Willy Woo is supposed to be, you know, this amazing trader and, and he has all this chain analysis, on-chain analysis, Glassnode subscription. He has this, his, you know, his paid newsletter that he was making a lot of money on. Just came out last week and said, "I'm no longer uh, writing about the the short-term price of Bitcoin. I'm no longer doing the paid newsletter." Uh, and why is that? Because he can't figure it out. And it's no disrespect to Willy Woo. But it just goes to show, you no, know, like he's been wrong for a long time now about the short-term moves of Bitcoin, and that's why I say, like, you you can't, you don't, we don't have enough information, and Bitcoin is just so unpredictable to know what it's going to do in the short term. So there's no reason to trade, there's no reason to short it, uh, and there's never reason to sell it. Um, you know, so I would just say. You know, get like a strike or, or swan or whatever app is in your country. Buy a little bit of Bitcoin. Um, don't buy too much at the beginning if you're, if you're going to panic sell. But as you get more conviction, as you study what Bitcoin is, you're going to want to buy more and more and more until you're all in. And, uh, and for most people, you become all in because the price of Bitcoin just gets bigger and bigger compared to everything else in your portfolio I love, I love that saying i love that saying how time in the market you know how much time you have in the market always out, outweighs uh, trying to time the market you know yeah. timing the market is is a fool's errand you know it's a guessing game it's a casino game sure you could get lucky and you can win big i mean just look at the graph of the history it'll so obvious you know if i would have sold here and bought yeah. back here oh my <laughs> god yeah, good luck. You know, we've everybody's seeing that. Everybody's trying it. It's a it's a zero game. If you win, somebody else just lost, right? So you're there. There, there can never be all winners. So and you're up against some really sophisticated guys. You're up against your own emotions. You know, like you just sold and then the price goes up. It doesn't just go straight down. No, it recovers, but and then it dumps some more. Yeah. So you know, the emotions wreck with you. You you get in trouble. You panic. You lose money. The winning, and you're going to come to the conclusion that you should have just held on to your Bitcoin and just focused on stacking more and play the short game. You know, Bitcoin long term, it's the surest, biggest asymmetric bet of the century right now. Yeah. So why will you, you know, risk losing Bitcoin by trading it? Uh, but yeah. anyway, people the, are going to get you know, burnt. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's the trade. Like, and we're not we're not financial experts. We're not financial advisors, but no one has ever lost money by putting in their money into Bitcoin and hodling for a four-year period. So why not make it 10 years and see what happens? Why not make it 20 years and see what happens, depending on how old you are? You know, I think that's, that is the trade to be in, right? How's your trade? Well, if I'm continually buying and I'm not selling Bitcoin, uh, then your trade's doing pretty good. Uh, and yeah, you might be down from six months ago, but give yourself six years and, uh, and you'll see, you'll see where Bitcoin's price is at. 
your purchasing power is going to increase. And, you know, maybe it's not even Bitcoin. Uh, it's, it's also the dollar devaluing. You know, it's, uh, they're just printing so much more of it. It's a combination uh, of both. Yeah. And, and, you know, and soon is coming the time where finance, the traditional financial markets are going to get shaken up in, in such a way that what has worked, the, what has worked for the past 30 to 50 years will no longer work. And that's what we're trying to, to sound the voice of warning to is this, the whole system is changing and the base layer is going to be Bitcoin. Uh, and so as you learn more, uh, we try to share what we learn and we hope that, uh, we hope that you can learn something as you're listening in. Um, uh, just wanted to mention as well, on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m., we go live on YouTube uh, with the rest of the Meme Factory. Uh, this Thursday at 7.30 p.m., we have Andy Edstrom, author of Why Buy Bitcoin. He joins, he joins us, and uh, that's definitely a, an episode you will not want to miss. Uh, and remember, what you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, don't just let it stay here. Please share uh, this episode and all of the Bitcoiners guide. Uh, if you learned something today or found this information helpful and or entertaining, please help us out. Uh, like and subscribe. Leave a review. The algorithms like that a little bit better. Um, and, you know, let us know if you liked it, if you didn't like it uh, and anything we can improve on. As for Bitcoiners guide episode three, we are over and out. Peace.